You're listening to Real Faith Radio, presented by Praise Chapel, Las Vegas. This is where real faith meets real pain. Be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Google Play Music to get instant notifications when new episodes are available to stream. You can also visit our website, praisechapellasvegas.com, to find out more info about PCLB and visit our event tab to see what's going on this month. Lastly, like our Facebook page and follow us on Instagram at PC Las Vegas. Thank you again and enjoy the message. God bless you guys. Uh, we want to thank you for your, your prayers, amen, for our family, amen, of a, of a nephew that I had to lay to rest and do their, his funeral, amen, this past weekend, amen, and, uh, and so the family's doing well. Just keep, keep our family, the Corral family, in prayer. Uh, we, get, we were able to meet our, my, my niece, amen, who is Hawaiian, and then my, my great niece, amen, as well, amen, and so it was a great time spending time with a person I've never met and my nephew, I've, I haven't seen for years, amen, so it was just good to uh, reminisce his life and go over uh, the life of Gabriel Corral, amen, and so um, just keep our family, his mom, Christina, his brother, Tony, in prayer, and I, I truly appreciate that, amen, but uh, uh, we got back, amen, just last night, amen, from, from that weekend, and a uh, good time of spending time with our families, amen, praise the Lord. How many know that family's good? You know, sometimes it, it takes things of events of, of death to bring us together. And, and sometimes uh, if, if, if we don't really value our life as family, we can miss out on the opportunity when death comes. And so many times when death comes, we're reminded, man, I could have done this, I should have done more, but by that time it's too late. So I, I encourage you, just love your family. Break whatever things are going on in our family. Time is too short to be arguing about something that happened 20 years ago, 10 years ago, 5 years ago. Get things right. Love your family. Amen. And let's just move on. Can somebody say amen? Praise the Lord. That's not the message for today, but just an encouragement to you. Amen. And, it, and I'm speaking to myself as well. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. A couple weeks ago, amen, if you were here, amen, yet last week I, I put the message aside, amen, minister what happened in our city, amen, as on that message of my God showed up, amen, but I want to continue on the message I started a couple weeks ago called Parental Guidance, or PG, amen. And we looked at the life of David. How many were here a couple, a few weeks ago, amen, on that message? You can raise your hand, amen. If you remember me, amen, if you weren't here, you can lie. It's all right. I'll allow you to lie. Thank you, brother. I'm just playing, amen. But we looked at the life of David, and you see, all of Israel looked at David as an example of a man of God, a, a man of integrity, a, a man of compassion, and a, a man that reconciled with God. In many areas, David lived up to all that. In other areas, he failed miserably. Anyone here ever failed at something? Come on, now, you ever made some mistakes in this place? Come on, don't point at anybody. Don't point nowhere. Don't, 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 don't point nowhere. But I think all of us have failed in, in our life in one time or another, amen, and whether it's decision-making or whatever it may be or some mistakes that we have made for our own home, amen. Well, David made some mistakes. David failed in the area of parenting. You see, David did some great things, and you read the story of David from a shepherd boy, amen, uh, fighting and taking down a giant, amen, uh, his friendship, amen, with Jonathan, amen, uh, when everything was coming against him, amen, uh, there was a friend that helped him through everything. Uh, he's won battle after battle. God has given David and his men great victories, he was a great leader, a great king, but he felt short as a parent. And we're not here to follow David's example as a parent, but we're here to learn from his example. I want to wrap up this little mini-series of parental guidance today. How many know that we must, say I must, we must guide our children? Come on, your life and the things that you do, 
Your kids, listen, your kids are watching you more than you know. Some of the habits, bad habits that they're doing, guess where they got it from? You. Somebody say me. Come on. They learned it from somewhere. And your kids watch you. You know, you don't think even as a young, a young a baby, they're, they're watching you. They, they pick up those habits from there. You're a nose picker, guess what? They're, put, they're picking their nose. <laughs> you know, when I started this message, I had three goals in mind for you. And the first goal was, not, was to encourage you, not discourage you through this message. Thank you. Secondly is that I stand alongside with you, not above you. Because I myself have struggled in this area of parenting. So we're all in the same boat, amen. And thirdly, I want to challenge you and motivate you to be the kind of parent that God wants you to be. Romans chapter 3, 23 says that we have all sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Romans 3.10 says, none is righteous, not even one. So look to your neighbor and say, you're not all that. Maybe you thought you were all that. In the world, I thought I was all that. But we're not all that. My wife is pretty close to all that. I just got a point, amen, hallelujah. So let's see what we can learn on what not to do through David's life. A couple of weeks ago, I ministered, amen, on, on a point, amen, of private habits. Listen, private habits of parents often become public habits of children. So I, I want to go to the next, next point today. Number two is, there is no substitute time spent for your kids. There is no substitute for time spent with your kids. Moms and dads, listen to me. You cannot push your kids off to somebody else. You can't substitute it with an iPad or an iPhone or a TV. You cannot push them off on mom and dad. We don't want them. <laughs> we'll take them for a while, but we're going to give them right back. And let me tell you, we cannot do it like David and give it to the nanny. You have to spend time with your kids. Somebody say, I have to. You have to shape them and mold them while the clay, listen church, is still soft. Come on, how many know that our kids grow up so fast? Come on, I mean, time just goes like this. And you're going to have to spend some time, amen. You really, really do have a short time before they move on. Come on, or, or they become teenagers where they think they know it all already. And so before those teenage years happen, spend time with your kids. 2 Samuel 13, verse 6 and 7 in the New Living Translation says this. As we look back. How it started, amen, on this series. It says, so, so Adam, uh, Amnon lay down and pretended to be sick. And when the king came to see him, Adnan asked, let my sister Tamar come and cook a favorite dish as I watch. Then, she, then I can eat from her own hands. So David agreed and sent Tamar to Amnon's house and prepared some food for him. And as we know the story, as I started, amen, this little mini-series, the result of that was that he raped his half-sister. Now, how can this happen? David, I can tell you, allowed it to happen. David did not know where his kids were at. David was not in touch. He was out of touch with his kids. See, David didn't spend time with his kids. Otherwise, he would know where his son was at. I want you to follow me. See, David was satisfied on how things were, and he didn't seem to make, want to make things better. Just like us, if we can be really real parents. Come on, how many parents are in this place? Wave your hand. If we can be real mom and dad, if our kids are not complaining, 
if we find them to themselves and they're not talking to us, we think everything's okay. Come on, they're, they're not bugging us. They're not saying nothing. They're, they're just in their room. Uh, everything's quiet. There's no complaining. We think our kids are doing great. And so we think to ourselves, you know what, I'm not going to stir nothing up. I'm not going to say nothing. I'm not even going to ask, how are you doing, mija? Because we think that everything or we assume that everything is good with our kids. See, David didn't know his kids. Like I said, if he knew his kids, he wouldn't let Tamar cook for him. He would not let Anna for the union where Absalom took him out. Come on, he would, he would know, amen, that Absalom's going to get angry of what, what his brother did to his half-sister. David would have known that Absalom was going to take him out if he would have knew his kids. But let me ask you a question today. Parents, mom, dad, do you really know your kids? Come on, you got to answer that honestly with your lives. In your own personal, do you, say do I. Know my kids. Now, I'm not saying you don't know their bad habits. I'm not saying that you know what their grades are right now. I'm not saying that you know what you put on them to come to church. Do you really know your kids? For some of us, we've got to really think back. Do I really know my son? Do I really know my daughter? Or do you assume everything's okay? Do you know where they are socially? Do you know who they talk to? Do you know who they hang out with? Do you know where they are spiritually? Have you watched their character? And have you listened to their complaints? See, I'm ministering to myself as well, church. See, I miss this with my kids. And I want to do better. They're still my kids, even though they're grown adults, but I missed the opportunity when they were young to know my kids. I, I, I stand here, uh, not, you know, not proud. I stand here ashamed. Uh, you know what? My parenting skills as a father was bad because there is no substitute time spent with your kids. You've got to spend time with them daily. There's no substitute. Parents, you can't give them to grandma and grandpa to raise them. You cannot give over an iPhone and say, here, get entertained. Get learned because in reality, what we're saying is, I got no time for you. Here's how the devil works, church, against families. Remember what, what my points are. They're not to discourage you, but to encourage you. Okay? I'm not above you. I'm walking alongside with you on this. And God wants us to be godly parents. Remember those points, church. I, I'm not trying to make myself better because I'm including myself here because I, I'm telling you, I failed just like David has failed. And I thank God that he came into my life to open my eyes and say, God, what can I do to fix it now? It's not how you start, church. It's how you finish, church. Come on. Don't, don't just lay there and say, I failed. I'll never be a good this. No, no. It's never too late to start doing good. So I'm here to encourage you. But this is how the devil works against families. Today, both parents today, in the day that we're living, both parents are working. we got both of them working parents. And, and that's because of the times we live. You know, that wasn't really God's plan. Mom was supposed to stay home and raise the kids. Daddy was supposed to work. That's just the way it is. I know today we're, we got working parents, and we'll discuss that a little bit. Come on, they're trying to get financially okay, make their home a little nicer, get some nicer things, get a bigger house, and all this stuff, of course, is going to take two of them to get, make it happen. But what happens is that we start to get into a little debt. And, of course, you know what? We want to make things better. We want bigger things and all this stuff, amen. And so we're getting all this thing, thinking this is going to make us happy. This is going to make our kids happy. But we end up in this thing called debt. 
So what do we do? We pick up some overtime. And for some of us, we get a second job. Hello. So parents come home what? Tired. Kids are excited. Mom and dad are home. So we give them a quick hug and say, I'm tired. Go play with mom. Go play with dad. Go play with your toys. I'll play with you tomorrow. Amen. Mommy's tired. Daddy's tired. But parents are not tired to play on their own phones. Or spending time on Facebook, Instagram, chit-chat, whatever chat. All these other media things, amen. You know, we say, we've got the complaining parent, I'm tired, I'm tired. Yet they're right there playing on their phones. Hello. I, I'm real tired. I, I got no time. I got to read this. And I wonder what our kids really think when we're looking at our phone and not at them, when they're so excited. And they're wondering that you teach them and get them their own phone. That way they can be occupied over there and you can have your time. And so what we're doing is feeding. See, you may not be rich and say you have a nanny, but you really do. It's right here. This is your nanny to your kids. And you allow them without any programmed parental guidance, and we wonder where our kids get some things from. And this happens, church, day after day. I'm not here to discourage you. I'm here to encourage you, church. We're, we're learning through David's life of some mistakes, and even in our personal lives, church. But this happens day after day, month after year, month, year after year, and this is where we become and, you, and you, I'm telling you right now, if you're, not, if you're doing this, you're, you're the absent parent. You're the weekend dad. See, this, this, this is where our kids are today. And that's why they're so jacked up. Because we're not spending time with our kids. And we think just because we spend one weekend with them, we, we make it up for all the years and all the time that we miss. That's not going to fix it, church. Nothing's going to fix years and months over one week and say, oh, I had a great time with my kid. Wild time well spent. But you, you missed all the rest of the things. And though they may have enjoyed it, but you're still messed up. And I want to challenge you parents today to save some of your hard work and your leadership, your creativity, and everything that you give your job and your employer and give it to your kids. These are your kids. Say, my kids. Come on, they're not the babysitter's kids. They're not the grandparents' kids. They're not the iPhone kids. They're your kids. You got to ask yourself, do I have a lot of good memories with my kids or kid? Or do we say, man... I need to make some more time to make more memories. See, I went to my nephew's funeral who passed away at the age of 37 years old. And I wish I could have spent more time with him to make more memories. And because life goes on and we move on and we do our things, and, and he's all the way was in Hawaii for the last seven years. I'm out here pastoring for 16 plus now. But we miss opportunities. Like I said, there is no substitute for time spent with your kids. I know a lot of family there could have wished to make more memories with Gabriel. I wish, I'm pretty sure that mom and brother wish they could have had more memory with Gabriel. This is our time, church, that we got to make it well spent for our kids. Let me give you a starting point. Of spending time with, with a uh, good time with your kids, amen. Like things like I said, I wish I could have done, you know, when they were smaller. Moms, parents, dads, if they're young, tuck your kids to bed. 
I wish I could have tucked my kids and say something. You know, my wife tucks me now, but I mean, your kids. <laughs> I mean, have a little short talk with them before they go to sleep and maybe a little prayer over them and say, I love you before they go to sleep. Instead of, go to bed. Get to sleep. Get off the iPad and the iPhone. Start tucking them in. Spend some time. Pray with your kids. How about this one? How how about having family meals together? Put the cell phones away. And talk. (laughs) Oh, Pastor, you're pushing it. You're pushing it. Come on. People meet at a table, but guess how, what comes with the table? The phones. Come on, there are times, amen, when my kids come over, even now, even after church and other times, where my wife says, she'll call us all to the table. And we all start complaining, ah, I want to eat over here. That's me. And so we're pulling each other, and all, they, all, they all come kicking, man, like, ah, yeah, yeah. That's my mother-in-law. Ah. <laughs> well, <laughs> I know, I know. I'm going upstairs. I'm going to watch TV. And my wife wants to just start something here, and, it, and then she has a great intention, and we ruin it at times. Because we show our faces at the table like we don't want to eat here. (laughs) How about the family meals, church? Of sitting down at a table together with no devices and say, what's going on? Let's talk. You want to call me? No, no, let's talk right here. I'm right here. (laughs) We seem to respond better to texts and Facebook. Than our face-to-face today. Let me give you some extra credit for you. Why don't you go in your living room, turn off the TV, and just talk? Oh, my Lord, I lost half of you already. Come on, you already think, come on, pastor's gone too far. Let's go. Let's grab our kids. No, never mind. We'll come back and get our kids. We'll come back after service. Spend time. I told my wife, amen, that through this, this, this funeral, I said, man, we, we need to spend some time with our kids and, and try to create a time. And I know that right now we're all busy and we've got different time things, but we've got to create a time where we can just sit down, if it's once a month, to just talk as a family. We used to do that back at home. Our families, her family, my family, our family, we all cook a meal. And we would meet all together. With uh, my wife's family, my family, my kids, and we would have a meal together, and then we would pray for our family. And this would do it, what we did this, what, once a week on a Tuesday or something, or something like that. And then it just kind of died off because of life. And I was telling my wife, we need to create something for our kids to at least come together. And hopefully we're praying for our schedules just to meet that we can have a, a common day together. Listen, we have a lot of families that are falling apart. Can somebody say amen? Come on, we have the dads, amen, amen. Families are falling apart, and dad's watching reruns of Andy Griffith. They've seen that episode, I don't know how many times, and yet they don't want to turn it off to spend time with their kids. Or too many dads, listen, are letting mom fight all the spiritual battles. We know Ruku. We know Netflix, we know Hulu, come on, we know what's happening in the series This Is Us Family on TV, and we don't even know what's happening in our family. That's pretty sad. Come on, we know everything, everything that's happening on Netflix, boom, boom, what's happening in that family. We're so interested in other families which are not even real church, and your family's falling apart. Now, single parents, 
you probably have the most difficult job in the world. Can I give you some advice, single parents? Make sure you expose your kids to some trustworthy role model. If you're a single mom, expose them to godly men. If you're a single dad, expose them to godly women. Pray for a good role model for your kids. Come on, single people, don't just date anyone. Uh, don't base it on looks, church. Uh, base them on the question, are this, is this person going to be a good role model for my kids? Good looks take you so far, church. It's the ugliness inside of a person. Don't base it on because he smiles good, he's got nice teeth or nice hair. Man, you got to know the ins and outs of that person. Is this person going to be good for my kid? Because if it's not, your kids are more valuable than having a relationship for you. I want somebody, you want somebody to raise your kids in good values. Come on. Look for the right person. Pray for the right person. Let them get their values through godly men in the church. Godly women in the church, this is what we're looking for. This is what we are looking for, for our home and our family. Amen? Last one real quick. Failure, listen, failure to discipline your kids will always lead, listen, to a broken heart. Failure to discipline your kids will always lead to a broken heart. You have to remind yourself, and I'm going to remind you guys, when we started this two-part message, amen, it started with a brother raping a half-sister, his brother killing him for doing that. And David did not do anything or say anything to his sons that committed these sins. David wept. He was in mourning. He was hurted. Come on, he was hurting, amen. Come on, David Heart was broken over all this because he doesn't discipline his kids. 2 Samuel 13, 39 says this. As soon as they soon arrived weeping and sobbing, and the king and all his servants weeped bitterly with them. David mourned many days for his son Abnon. Absalom fled to his grandfather, amen, the king of Gershom, and stayed there for three years. Here, he's weeping after his son kills his son. His son goes on the run. He says nothing, does nothing, amen, but he's in mourning. His heart is broken. And it says that King David, now reconciled to Abnon's death, longed to be united or have fellowship with his son Absalom. So he goes into mourning. His heart is broken. And now he wants to see his son, but he don't know how to talk to his son. David's heart even broke more when he heard that of the death of his son Absalom. In 2 Samuel 18.33, it says the king was overcome with emotion. And he went up to the room over the gateway and burst into tears. And he went, as he went, he cried, my son Absalom, my son, my son Absalom. If it only had been me that died instead of you. Oh, Absalom, my son, my son. Here's the heart of a father that's broken. Listen, his unwillingness to step in, his unwillingness to bring correction, his unwillingness to discipline his kids, amen, caused him so much pain, it caused him to have a broken heart. Have your hearts ever been broken, church? I know that we're broken over what happened in our city and the lives that were lost in our city, but Personally, have your heart ever been broken? I'm not talking about pop, puppy love, brokenness. I'm not talking about the kid that you loved in elementary school, amen, that bought you hot chocolate or chocolate milk during recess. Because their family moved away, amen, and he's no longer going to buy you chocolate milk now, your heart's broken. I'm not talking about that. I remember... In the second grade, my heart was broken 
because my second grade teacher wasn't going to be my third grade teacher. She was my first crush, <laughs> was a teacher. I'm being real. Come on. You guys, you, you, come on. You've you seen, remember Opie fell in love with his teacher? I, I'm, the, I'm the Andy Griffith rerun guy. <laughs> or leave it to Beaver. But man, my heart was broken. Amen. What? She's not going to be my teacher in the third grade? I wanted to quit school. But let me tell you, my heart got fixed well when another girl walked in. I'm over that one. What's your name? <laughs> Not your name. Not your name. <laughs> Man, she really broke my heart. <laughs> I didn't mean it like that. That's just a person, a figure. I just, he was happened to be there. I didn't, I didn't go like, well, she broke my heart. I might as well go after men. Or, I didn't say that. Let's get things right here. Because you guys will go home with that. Ooh, pastor. No. Facebook. It must be true. It must be true. It's on Facebook. I'm talking about an actual pain that's in your chest. I'm talking about a heaviness, amen, that hurts you so much, amen, because of a broken heart. This is the way David felt. All because he failed to address sin. All because he failed to deal with it, amen. All because he failed to discipline his children, which led to a broken heart. We think that we release our kids and say, let them figure it out, amen. They'll be okay. Yet they do something that breaks your heart because you didn't discipline them at the time they needed it. In church, by that time, it's late to try to fix things sometimes. Now, I'm not saying that God can't turn that around, but that brokenness and that sin still remains. No, we have a God that forgives us. No, we have a God that erases our past. Let me tell you, it's always in the back of your mind. Saved or not saved. That's why we have to take the opportunity. See, David's heart was broken because he didn't take care. He didn't father. He didn't parent his, his kids. And sometimes we think that discipline is something bad nowadays. Come on, or something that's negative. If we discipline our kids, uh, parents think, uh, if, I is I, if I discipline my kid, if I spank them uh, or I get upset at my child, I must be a bad mom or a bad dad now. So we give them time out for two minutes. Who in the heck invited, invented time out anyway? Man, we didn't have time out when I was growing up. I mean, where was this at? I needed that time out back then. I mean, who invented this? Probably, I can tell you right now, some parent that didn't want to discipline Kevin. And we'll blame it on Kevin's parents. When I grew up, there was no time out. I couldn't say, Dad, Dad, instead of whipping me, can you give me time out? Yeah, I'm going to give you time with my belt. That's what I'm going to give you. Come on. My parents disciplined me, amen, taught me, amen, and I turned out okay, church. Come on. We're not going to jack up our kids because you disciplined them. You know what, when I grew up and I got spanked or got taught what I was doing wrong, let me tell you, church, it taught me things. Maybe I've done my thing, amen, and done, but I can tell you right now, I never, never, ever, no matter what I did on the streets, I never disrespected mom or dad. I never disrespected their house. I may be a fool out there, amen, but mom and dad, I would never talk back to I wouldn't even raise my voice at them. Somebody, you ever had that mom that throws a chancla real well? 
I mean, you got moms, amen, they, they, they know, amen. My, my wife used to carry the rod. Where's my kid? There he is. She, he probably didn't get the rod too much, but where's my daughter at, amen. Where's my son at, amen. No, we, the, the, the rod got retired, amen, after them, amen. Actually, it got broke, amen. No. <laughs> but let me tell you. They respected mom. Mom just brought the little rod in the purse like this and went like this and goes home. It was done, amen. You didn't, you didn't want that, that, that rod to come out. And I was, all it was was a little wooden spoon, church. But it got our, my kids' attention. But you know what? Today it blows my mind on the things that kids say to their parents. Because of giving them time out instead of disciplining them, amen, and teaching our kids. Time out. Two minutes. Two minute time out. Here they are. This is no problem. I can, I can, I'll do five minutes for you. And all they're doing is playing with their phone. Time out. What the heck is time out? New parents, get rid of this timeout thing and talk to your kids. If they did something wrong, then talk to them, guide them, show them, amen. And if they don't get it, then you got to do what you got to do. But don't do it in anger, do it in discipline and love your kids. Discipline is just some kind of punishment, amen. Uh, this is what you, this is what you got to, you got you to, you got to discipline to get their attention. Teach them uh, and tell them what they're doing right here is not right, amen. They, they can't be doing this and think it's okay. Teach your kids. Come on, if you just spank them and don't teach them, then you, you fail as a parent. You got to teach them. You got to show them. If they, they, they still don't want it and they got a rebellious spirit, then take it out of them. <laughs> Hello? Not in anger. Because we can go off on our kids, church. I'm not talking about going off on your kids. I'm talking a, a good spank. There's some good spankings. Not going off and whipping. I whooped him. He'll learn. No, no, you're going to drive him away or her away to cause rebellion. You teach them, I did this because I love you. Well, stop loving me. No, if you hit them, let me tell you, if you discipline and spank your kids right, they'll know it's out of love. They may not know that time in that moment, maybe not the next day either, but down the road, they'll know. My, 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 my kids have all come to me and said, thank you for disciplining me. When I got right, not when I was the bad father. I did a lot of wrong things, church. I, didn't, I wasn't perfect when I got saved either, so learn these things. Proverbs chapter 22, 15 says this. New Living Translation. A youngster's heart is filled with foolishness, but physical discipline will drive them away. I receive. Proverbs 23, if you withhold discipline from a child, if you punish them with the rod, they will not die. Oh, you're killing me. Ah, you're not killing you. With the rod, save them from death. Another trait says the rod and the rebuke gives the child left to himself. Plicking is not simply a punishment, but it's a, it's, it guides them away from foolishness. It guides them and saves them from hell and gives them wisdom. This is what discipline does, church. God is the one that started this discipline thing. God disciplines his children. That he loves. 13.24 says, those who spare the rod of discipline hate their kids. Love their children enough or care enough, discipline them. And have you forgotten the encouraging words God spoke to you? You'll the Lord's discipline and don't give up when he corrects you. For the Lord disciplines. Go Listen, parent. You may not like it. You may not believe it. But if you refuse to discipline your kids, it proves that you don't love them or you simply don't care. 
If you love them, you'll discipline them. Listen, refusal, refusal, refusal. <laughs> I need water. Refusal to correct is refusal to love. If you refuse to correct your children, you're refusing to love them, church. Now, you've got you, 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 you to bring this into a balance in your life. Don't run with this. Bounce it out. Ooh, pastor said. <laughs> I'm not saying that. If you teach them and correct them and guide them, you may never have to pull this out. If you show them love, you may ne- never have to pull out the rod. But I believe that there are some kids that need it. And some of them are in this church. <laughs> some of them are in my house. <laughs> At times, they need it. But sometimes it fails if you're just spanking and you're doing the first part, then you have failed. I believe that if we as parents would do our part, say my part, and really bring correction and teach them when they're doing wrong and sit down with them and spend time with them, then maybe that belt will never come out and maybe your anger and the the thing that you have will go away. Come on. Because I know that in this room, there's a lot of anger, a lot of bitterness because we weren't raised by that type of parent. We follow their example. And now we're doing, this is what dad, my dad taught me. It worked for me, going to work for you. <laughs> but let me tell you, kids are so smart today. And there's so much emotional hurt out there that we damage our kids today. Because of time not spent with them, because busy working and all this stuff. And so all we do, we're so frustrated that we think this is the solution. I'm going to whip you for doing what you did. And we're not even spending time of correcting them and showing them. Why? Because we're so tired and we don't want to spend time with our kids. And I think if we do that part first, I think our kids would be a lot better. We got good kids, church. Don't get me wrong. But I think they need some discipline sometimes. I'm not talking belts. I'm talking talking with them and spending time with them. As parents, not grandparents, not anything else, you, you need to spend time with them. You need to do that for them. They're your kids. As grandparents, I love this stage because I can spoil them and then give them back. (laughs) But when it comes to discipline, I'll leave the spanking up to mom and dad. But I will correct and I will teach when they're doing wrong. And so that, that's my job as a grandparent. I'm going to teach them and spoil them and say, ah, you know. What did mom say? That's okay. Watch TV. Go ahead. I'll let you. She's not here. He's not here. We don't do that. We teach them. Mom said you're not supposed to watch it. You're not watching it. We got we, we to gotta help our, our grandparents. You got to help the parents out by obeying what they, how they're teaching their kids too. Our upbringing is different from us. And so you've got to let them do what they're doing. I don't, I don't, get, in the, I don't get mixed up with the affairs of my, my, my daughter. They're her kids. I mean, I like the way some discipline may be going, but she's learning too. And so what? I, I can't get involved. I'm not going to stop. I'll, I'll help afterwards. I'll, I'll correct things afterwards, but, but I don't get involved. Hello? Grandparents here today, let, let them grow, let them learn, or teach them. Maybe they still need some teaching. Come on, we're not finished teaching. I'm not finished teaching my kids. I'm going to teach my son, my daughter-in-law, when they get their kids. They're going to need some help. <laughs> we all need help. Church, refusal to correct 
is refusing to love. Parents, don't just punish them. We need to, we need to discipline them because we love them. I know that this is not a popular message for kids. That's why they're over there. And now if they were hearing what I was preaching right now, they walk out, all of them. <laughs> we're done with this church. You can keep our parents. <laughs> parents, listen. Also, don't give up on them. Don't give up on them. Don't say, don't be a parent that says, you know what, whatever. Go to bed when you want to go. Do what you want to do. Eat what you want to eat. There's too many kids today calling the shots in their own home. Amen. This is your home, not their home. You're the dad. You're the mom. You call the shots. Take back your home, parents. Too many kids calling the shots. There are times, man, I am so embarrassed to walk in the home when the kids are calling the shots. And, man, there's times where I want to say something, and I'm like, oh, this ain't my home. Talk about family. Man, I walk in like, oh, man, if that talked to me like that, woo, it would be a different story. I'm trying to keep it PG here. <laughs> well, oh, man, it, what, 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 I, what really hurts me and what really gets me is when I see a, a little kid talking back to mom and dad and saying things like, man, if, man, if I ever would have said that, I'd be dead. <laughs> I would literally be dead. And man, nowadays, this is like, whoa, Brother Derek, get ready. I mean, man, you know, we, we got we to gotta, we gotta teach our kids. Not Effie, not Effie. Oh, come on. <laughs> I, we, listen, we cannot, we, cannot, we cannot stop what the world is doing, church. Listen, we cannot stop what the world is doing out there, church. But you have a responsibility to correct it when they get home and say, you're not going to bring that here, girl. You're not going to bring that here, boy. Come on, you're not bringing that attitude. You're not bringing that. Whatever that is, you better, you better get rid of it before you get home. Shut it down. Shut down. Shut down. And that's why it's important you got to know who they're hanging out with. Come on. Who's your friend? Bring your friend over here. Man, there's some kids, amen, that are down the street. And I told my wife, man, these kids cuss. Jaden better not be hanging out with these kids no more, Amen. They'll come all nice and everything, and they walk away. I heard them from my window. I said, boy, get out of here. Jaden, do you see those friends? They're not your friends no more. Get inside. Unless they get saved. Come on. Parents, parents, control your home. Know your kids. And if they're not talking to them, go in their bedroom. Find out what they're doing. That's your home still. I said, go in there and find all kinds of things for my son. I said, no, this is not going to be here. I'm getting rid of this stuff. Let me tell you, God's so good and gracious that he covered his eyes and didn't even notice nothing. But you're not going to allow these things. You can't bring this in my home. You're not going to allow this stuff. Well, you know, they're just kind of just growing still. No, they're your kids. Correct it. Otherwise, they're going to take over. Come on. When they have their own home and doing their own thing, that's their own home. While they're in mama's and daddy's house, this is my house. I call the shots. What do you mean you want to go to sleep at 10? I'll tell you when you go to sleep. <laughs> 10 o'clock. I'm 8 years old now. I can stay up. Get in there. 10 o'clock. Yet our kids today, up to 12, 1 o'clock in the morning. And you're silently like, oh, I don't care no more. You have given up on your kids. Hello. My message, church, is not to discourage you. It's to encourage you. I'm not putting no one down, church. I mean, if the shoe fits, and then just wear it. And just stop complaining and say, man, i got to change some things in my house. If you're doing what you're doing, then praise the Lord. Keep doing what you're doing. 
If this is a wake-up call for some of us, then wake up. Because if not, you're going to lose your kids in a matter of years. You're going to lose them to the world. The devil's after your kids, church. Come on. Don't, don't think they're going to wake up and they're going to be okay. No, no. If you don't take care of it now, they're going to be broken and you're going to be broken. Because if you don't discipline your kids, you're the one that's left heartbroken. Teach your kids, church. Love your kids. We need to take our homes back. God is a God of order. So we as parents, we've got to maintain that order in our house. Parents, you have to set up the boundaries. I know that God gives us boundaries. I can't do what I want to do. I'm a grown man too. But if I belong to him, then I'm going I'm to obey my father. There's boundaries that he has set for me. I can't cross the boundaries. If I want to, he'll let me go. But we can't just let, we got to give our children boundaries, church. They can't just be open doing whatever they want to do. No, these are the boundaries. This is your curfew. This is this. This is that. Well, they, they do it. I don't care about what they do over there. That's their kids. Your kid. I love you more than them, I guess. I don't know. You may not think so right now, but you'll know later. Have some boundaries. You can't cross this. You cannot do this. You, you got to teach them, church. Otherwise, you, they're, they're, it's a free-for-all. Woo! No curfew, no nothing. I can do what I want. Stay up all night. And then when you set those boundaries, you got to understand they'll produce good growth for your kids. And when you set the boundaries... Come in agreement with mom and dad. Don't just think it's dad's boundaries or mom's boundaries, and you got to respect the boundaries, mom and dad. you got to come together in agreement. That way there's not a disagreement. Well, I don't, dad's not here. Go ahead. Cross the boundary. Ha, ha, ha. I like mom. They have to come in agreement. You're going to have to sit down as mom and dad and say, these are the boundaries. You agree? We agree? Okay. we got to stick to it. Don't break the boundaries, dad. Don't break the boundaries because you want to be a friend to your kids. Or the cool one and dad's the bad one and I'm the cool one. No, agreements cannot be broken. You got to come together in terms and say, this is what I'm going to set for our children in our home. We agree. We agree. If you got to sign something, sign something. I don't, I don't care. Come to an agreement. Sign it in blood, whatever you got to do. And just say, you know what, member of Yehan, right here. You agreed, remember? Well, you know, he's, Timmy has been good today. No. If Timmy's good and Timmy's growing up, then you can always alternate the, the agreement. If they can handle more responsibility and you're giving them a little bit more, then come to a different agreement. Come together and make another agreement for your kids. I believe there's different agreements as they grow older. You set the boundaries to their, their, their maturity. Because there's some kids today that are 20 years old that act like 10-year-olds. Just because you grow older doesn't mean you grew up. You got to teach your kids. Hello? Still love me? Don't choke on this. <laughs> Swallow it. Come on, some of you guys are holding it in your mouth and you're going to go outside. <laughs> I know some of you guys, man. You're just holding it. Oh, good, Pastor. It's good, Pastor. <laughs> He's a liar. <laughs> Come on. You ever been at somebody's house? Oh, this is real good. Can I have more? I know the minds here. Give them, listen, church, give them parental guidance. Failure to discipline your kids will lead to broken hearts. Amen. Failure to discipline your kids is going to lead to a broken heart. And the broken heart is yours. Love your kids, church. Disciplining doesn't mean you're mean. Disciplining means you love them. And your kids have to understand that. 
because you love them. I do what I do because I love you. If I didn't love you, I'd let you do whatever you want to do. You know, we're, we're not here to win a, a friendship with our kids. We can have a friendship with our kids. But we're not here to be buddy buddies and say, hey, man, we, we just woo, do whatever we want to do. And I'm cool. I'm a cool dad, you know. You know, that's why the cool dads and dad moms, you know, let their kids do all this stuff and drink with them and smoke with them and all this other stuff. And you think that's really cool. It's not. I thought it was cool because my friends had dads that, that party with them. And I was like, man, I wish my dad would party with me. He's mean. You realize, man, those, those, those same people, those same friends are all jacked up in jail or dead. My dad and my mom cared enough for me to say, you're not going to do this in my home. Because they loved me. I didn't like it. I didn't think they were cool. But you know what? I respect it now. And my mom's still doing the same things today. I thank my mom. And I thank my dad for the things that they taught me. And my dad wasn't a saved man, church. He was just a disciplined man. You know, his things were out of love, but he, his, mean, his, his intentions were good. He taught me how to be a man. He taught me how not to disrespect mom or him. He taught me that. He taught me how to stand on my own. He taught me what I, what I know now. He taught me the best that he could, what was taught to him. And he wasn't a saved man. I took what is good, and I spit off the bad, and I built resentment towards my dad, but respected him as this is what dad had. And then my heavenly father came in and helped me with the rest. Give them parental guidance, church. You know, as I close today, I believe, I believe that David held back on disciplining his kids, his sons, because of guilt. I want you to listen to this part here. Perhaps thinking that his sons would say, what about you, Dad? I heard what you did. You're getting on me for what I did, and you did the very same thing. Maybe he was afraid of that. Maybe he was guilty what he felt. Maybe he said, you know what, maybe my sons are going to throw it back at my face. So he held back and did not discipline. I think he felt so guilty of the things that he'd done in the past that allowed him those, those things to cripple him from the responsibility of correcting his own kids. Listen, if you've fallen short in your life and you have asked God to forgive you, you need to also forgive yourself. There's so many parents today and so many dads and moms that are guilty because of their past. And knowing that God has forgiven them, but they haven't forgiven themselves for the things that they've done. I had to learn to forgive myself, church. There's no time to keep on living that way. We've got to forgive ourselves, church. If God forgave you, forgive you. There's no shame to approach your kids and to your spouse and say, you know what, babe, son, daughter, I, I've done wrong. I, I've made mistakes. I've asked God to forgive me, to change me, and now I'm asking you to forgive me. I remember doing this to my oldest son. This is after I was the messed up dad. You know, Nick, my son Nick went through seeing everything in my life and where he's at today. And I, I hurt my son. And I messed him up. And I take ownership and responsibility for the things I've done. But when I got saved, it came to a time where I had to call my son and say, will you forgive me? And I remember calling him. I said, son, I, I've done some wrong, and you know the wrongs that I've done. And, and he tried to stop me. He said, dad, dad, it's okay. It's okay. You don't have to say nothing. I said, yes, I do. i got to say this. I'm sorry for being the absent dad. I'm sorry for this and this and all the stuff that I was shameful. And I said, son, will you forgive me? Let me tell you, that was the very hardest thing that I had to do to humble myself and admit my wrongs to my son and say, will you forgive me? 
And the words that came out next was something that I'll never forget. He says, Dad, I love you, and I forgive you. He didn't have to forgive me, but he forgave me like that, just like God forgave me. And you got to forgive yourself, church. Forgive yourself. Don't beat yourself up. Don't think you're the bad dad. Don't, don't say you can't correct them because they, lo- they know your life. Be the dad. Be the mom. You fell short. God has forgiven you. You forgive yourself and you discipline your kids and teach them what I did was wrong because I already said it to you. I already asked for your apology, so you can't throw that back at my face. I'm here to correct you from the mistakes I've made. I'm here to teach you, son. Don't live the way I lived. Don't, don't, don't follow my ways. Follow me now as I follow Christ, but don't follow my past. So if you ask for forgiveness, church, they can never throw it back at your face if they say they have forgiven you. See, David never asked his sons. David never confessed. David was ashamed. He felt guilty and felt that they're going to throw it back at his face. And so he paid the price with a broken heart. But look how powerful God is. 2 Samuel, verse 12, 24. And David comforted Bathsheba, his wife. This is after he, he, fell, he fell in sin with Bathsheba. This is after he already killed her husband. Now brings her in. The baby that she's carrying dies. And so this is after all this. And so David comforted. This is after the mourning. David was in mourning when his son died. The baby that was never born. And his wife and slept with her. And she became pregnant, and David named him Solomon. The Lord loved this child. So this is after David, like I said, fell and everything morning. God gave David his son Solomon. Solomon was God's way of saying, I forgive you. I forgive you. His thing was saying, you know what? I'm not done with you, David. You fell, you messed up. But I'm giving you another son. I love this son. His name is Solomon. And God gave Solomon to David and says, this is a way of saying, I forgive you. I have plans for your life. And the seed that's inside of you will not die, but it's going to go forth and it's going to bear fruit. Solomon, as you know, went down in history to be the wisest and richest man who ever lived. From that seed, let me tell you, came Jesus Christ. Jesus came from David's family line. And you can see how God brought back honor back to David's life. Romans chapter 1, verse 3 says, Jesus Christ our Lord was born of the seed of David. I'll close with this final thought. There's always hope in God, church. Even out of a sinful encounter, God can turn it around. Why? Because God loves you and he has a plan for your future. Let me tell you, church, when I was bachelor in 10 years, things died in our lives, in my life, in my wife's life. I lost a lot. I lost being the father, the husband, raising my kids out of the guilt 